you know, a lot of us have heard of the, the disease RLS, which is uh, restless leg syndrome. And what that is, is that's where your leg twitches and your leg contorts and things like this without your con- control. But there's uh, most of us, I would say, in our country, there's an epidemic in our country that's called RHS. And most of us have never heard of it, but it's something that, uh, as I say, you're going to see, oh, yeah, that really is epidemic in our country, and that is restless heart syndrome. And here's the symptoms. The symptoms are discontent in our heart. But the good news is that there is a remedy for, for that, and it is gratitude. And since we've been uh, going through Thanksgiving this, uh, this week, we're going to be talking about just, uh, just giving thanks and all the things we have to be thankful for. And the first thing is, where does RHS come from? Uh, I think we, we live in a, in a, a culture that, just, uh, that is really totally discontented. I mean, we live in a, a culture, we get a lot of it from our culture. In other words, and the first thing is, is we swallow uh, the you have to have this in order to be happy lie. You think about it, our whole advertising industry is based on the fact that the, that's wanting, they're wanting us to say, if we don't drive this, if we don't wear this, if we don't have this, then we should be discontent in life. And so many times we swallow that lie. But here's the, here's the thing. If we, uh, if we base our happiness and we base our joy on what we drive or what we wear or what we have or any of those uh, outside things, we're really starting into a race called materialism. It's the rat race. It really is. And this is the thing about the rat race. It's a race you will never, ever win. And it's a race you will always be frustrated trying to, trying to run the this race. Why do I say that? Because there will always be a newer model car. There will always be a cuter dress. There will always be a, a smarter smartphone. There will always be a faster computer. There will always be whatever it is. We'll never have, it, we'll, it'll, the bar is always rising, always rising, always rising. So unless we're happy right where we are, we're just going to run this race that's so frustrating. You know, I remember one of my earliest memories was when I was probably truly four or five years old, and I remember uh, somebody had told me that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Uh, and I remember, you know, I had these little, this little bike with training wheels, and I remember seeing a rainbow, and it's off in the distance right there, and it looks like I can get to it. So my little brain goes, I, you know, so I start pedaling towards this thing. And one thing I learned early in life is that the faster you pedal towards that rainbow with the pot of the end, the pot of gold at the end, supposedly, the faster it leaves you. I mean, you, it, it leaves at the exact speed of what you're going towards it. And so many times we're going towards this mythical pot of gold at the end of the rainbow instead of being absolutely happy with what God has given us right here and right and right now. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing is we've swallowed the grass is always greener lie. Now, um, there's a, a place in Colorado called the Great Sand Dunes National Monument. It's, it's huge. It's, it's the tallest uh, sand dunes in, the, uh, in North America. They can get up to 800 feet tall, if you can imagine that. Just absolutely beautiful at the base of the mountains in, in Colorado. There's, they cover over 30 square miles. And I remember one time some friends and I went there, and we, we, we did some fun things. We played golf on the sand dunes, believe it or not. I had this whole game. But uh, we, there were six of us there, uh, and I guess there were seven, counting myself. And we decided one day that we were going to climb to the top of the tallest sand dune in the, in the park. And we saw one off in the distance. And, and trudging through sand is pretty tough, okay? And we saw one, and we thought, oh, this is the tallest one. And we go, you know, we get to the top of that thing. And remember, we've just gone up over 60 stories in sand. And we get to the top, and we're up there, and we go, that one's taller. 
that one's taller. And so we, so we thought, all right, we, we made that thing. So we, so we go and down and every, everything, and we go up another 70 stories in, or eight, close to 80 stories in sand. And then we get to the top, and we're slapping I-5s, and we go, that one's taller. And I don't have to tell you what happened. We did this three or four times, and finally we got to the top of one of them, and we are, and again, we see one taller, and we did one, somebody had the brains to say, how about we just enjoy the top of this one, Right? And sometimes we go so much in life that, you know, this is, there's so many stories there, right? First of all, the sands will always be shifting. There will always be a taller sand dune, right? Because, because the sand's always shifting there. And the same thing, there will always be different things in our culture, right? There, if we're frustrated, there will always be new styles. There will always be new models. There will always be, you know, this, and the sand is always shifting. And what style is, is there is always shifting. But also, you know, I wonder what God is just saying, you know, how could, couldn't it be that we just enjoy the view from the sand dune we already have? That doesn't mean we go, we don't strive in life. That doesn't mean we go try to do, you know, better and things like that. But, but can we be content right now with the view that we have from the sand dune that God has, has given us? And, and another is this, is we, we swallow the I need to have what they have lie. You know, I've watched for, for several, several years that we've shown the different things with uh, the Operation Christmas Child. And, and you guys, again, you're amazing. You're wonderful. You, uh, again, you just gave so many of the, of the packages, the, the presents for Operation Christmas Child, and you're going to make a difference around the world. Way to go. Every year, you, just, you outdo yourselves. Some fantastic things. And for those who worked at Operation Christmas Child, again, just way to, uh, way to give of your time and, you, and your, your love. But something, something that I saw is, first of all, you know, the, our world, we have a different worldview than a lot of the world, okay? If you travel the world, you realize that, that there's a lot of things that, about people that are completely the same uh, around the world, the needs, the, the desires, their heart, and things like that. But the way we view wor- the world can be completely different. I'll give you a for instance. I remember being in Africa one time, and we were showing the Jesus film. And there were several thousand people that were going to be watching, uh, watching this. And they're gathering around. And so we've got several thousand, thousand people watch, you know, waiting for this, waiting for this uh, event, waiting for this movie. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, that, uh, the, the projector broke at the start. We couldn't get it going. And so now it's going, it's going a half an hour. It's going an hour. It's going an hour and a half. And I'm looking at these people, and they're not upset at all. They're just talking. They're just sitting there. And, I'm, and I asked the, the missionary, I said, why are they not frustrated? In the, in the United States, they'd be, you know, ready to throw things by now. And he said, their event, uh, they, they are on event time. And that means they come for the event. So they don't care when it happens. They don't care where it happens. They don't care how it happens. They just care that it happens. And so we better have a film, but, but it doesn't matter how much time it has to evolve before that. And, you know, we're such on chrono time that we're, it, it better happen exactly when we say exactly that. And I'm just saying it's a different mindset. But I'm watching this as we show the, vi- the videos of the kids getting the compassion. I mean, the Operation Christmas Child, the, 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 uh, the shoe boxes. And I've watched every single one of them. They open their shoe box and they're elated. I mean, they're just, they're just absolutely thrilled. What would happen if that happened in the United States? I mean, wouldn't we be doing this? Or the kid would look at, look at theirs. Every parent, you know I'm telling the truth here. They'd look at theirs, and then they'd look where? Right? They'd be looking at every other one, too. And if somebody else had a bigger box, or if somebody else had something that they wanted, all of a sudden, it would at least diminish their joy if it would not ruin the whole thing. 
I mean, here's, and you and I know that there would be many, many American kids that would be sitting there and they would be sobbing with, a, with, with this brand, you know, this thing filled with presents because they don't have what somebody else has, uh, has there. And I'm thinking, you know, what would happen? What would happen if we just looked at our own shoebox and went, man, look what... Because they're just thrilled with what they've got. And if we would just be thrilled with, with God, look what you've given me, instead of always looking and comparing ourselves to what everybody else has, just be happy with what God has, has, given, uh, has given us. So how can we cultivate uh, contentment? The first thing is, is, is this, that we, we focus on the bouquet that we, that we have. We focus on the bouquet. So, you know, and here's, just think about this. There's so many things that God has given us, so many blessings in life. I mean, he's given us, he's given us life, you know, and we're just, man, I mean, think of it. He's given us life. He's given us eternal life. For those who are Christian, he has given us eternal life. He has given us, think about it, he's given almost everybody in here, you have, you have food in your stomach. You have food in your house that other people would dream about. You've got, you've got a house for your car, for heaven's sakes, right? You have, you, we have, uh, we have a war, a warm clothes. We have shelter over us, right? And we are so absolutely incredibly blessed. But one thing that happens sometimes is what happens when all of a sudden there's that one thing, even though we have blessed, been blessed in so many ways, what happens when there's the one thing that we want? What happens when there's that one thing that's this, we're so blessed with everything, but there's one thing that's, that's, that we don't have, one thing that we want so bad, and instead of just being so happy with what we have, we are absolutely obsessed with that one thing. And maybe, you know, for, uh, I, I, it, could be, it could be something like, uh, I know a dear friend, I have a dear friend, that she's incredible, and God has blessed her with so much, a dear, a dear saint of God, but she wants so bad to be married that even though she has so many things around her that are blessing her, she's upset with God, She's upset. She's absolutely bitter in life because of the one thing that is missing from her, from her life. What is that one thing? Instead of be focusing on all the blessings that you have, what's that one thing that is driving us crazy uh, there? Or how about this? Maybe sometimes that we have, that there's something that somebody else has. And even though we are so blessed over here, they have the one thing. And instead of us being content with what we have, so many times we're just looking at that one thing that they have. And we forget about all the blessings, and we get obsessed with something else that they have and everything. And then here's the weird thing, that when we finally, when we finally get it, and we're happy for a little while and everything, and everything goes great, but then all of a sudden, somebody else goes by with something else. And then we're, again, instead of being absolutely thrilled with all the things that we have, we just live from one life to the, to the other. Can we thank them? Can we focus on what we do have instead of what we don't have? Can we focus uh, not on our disappointments, but on, uh, on the bouquet of God's blessing? Not on what we dislike, but on what we, what we like. And there's two statements that if we, if we follow these statements, we're going to be miserable in life. And they're this, if only and when. If only and when. There's people that, that go, you know, if only, if only I was married. If only I wasn't married. If only I was married to somebody else. If only I had a job. If only I had a different job. If only I had a promotion in the job that I, that I have. If only, if only I had, it was, a, it was a blonde. If only I was brunette. If only my hair was good. If only my hair was curly. If only my hair was straight. If only I had hair, right? Um, we could go on and on. It's always if only, then I'd be happy. If only this were happening, then I would be happy. Or when? I'll be happy when this happens in my life. I'll be happy when this stops happening in my life. I'll be happy when, and we're so, it's so condi- conditioned 
conditional. Our gratitude is conditional. Our happiness, our joy is, uh, is conditional. And then uh, I came across this. I was reading a book last night called, called Let Hope In by Pete Wilson. And it says this. I thought this quote was just perfect for today. Uh, are you in this present moment enjoying the beauty outside your window? The kids in front of you or the work on your desk? Or are you putting off living while you envision some, some mysterious future paradise over the horizon? Are we happy with the bouquet that God has given us right now? Uh, another one, but, the, but here, if we have these words in our vocabulary, here and already, saying right now, already, I'm going to be thankful for what God has given me. I'm going to be happy right now, already. I'm going to be content already. I'm going to be content now. I'm going to be content here. And not saying, again, that we don't, we don't look for other things as far as for, you know, to, to strive for, for different things in our life. But, but, but right now, are we content right now? If nothing else happened, are we content right now? Because there is something uh, about that that's powerful. There's, uh, there's a, a book called Acres of Diamonds. And here's just, just uh, I'm going to read this. Years ago, uh, Russell Conwell told of an ancient Persian, uh, Ali Hafed, who owned, here's the quote, who owned a very large farm that had orchards, grain fields, and gardens, and was a wealthy, contented man. A wealthy, contented man. One day, however, a wise man from the east told the farmer all about diamonds and how wealthy he would be if he owned a diamond mine. Ali Hafid went to bed that night a very poor man, poor because he was discontented. Craving a mind of diamonds, he sold his farm to search for the rare stones. He traveled the world over, finally becoming so poor, broken, and defeated that he committed suicide. One day, the man who had purchased Ali Hafed's uh, farm led his camel into the garden to drink. As his camel put its nose towards the brook, the man saw a flash of light from the sands of the stream. He pulled out a stone and reflected all the, that reflected all the hues of the rainbow. The man had discovered the diamond mines of Golsada, the most magnificent mine in the world history. Had Ali Hafed remained at home and dug his own garden, then instead of, uh, of death in a strange land, he would have had acres of diamonds. Are we happy with already and here? The second thing is develop a grateful heart. There are definitely some, some gratitude busters in life, aren't there? One of them is we get, we get careless with life, don't we? Because let me say this, that, that have you ever had, you, you're smelling a, a, a beautiful flower or you're smelling a beautiful perfume and then all of a sudden, man, it smells so good, it smells so good, but what happens after you smell it for a while? You're immune to it. You can't smell it anymore. It's like your, your, your body's just, you, you can't smell that smell anymore. That's why if you're ever at the, you know, cologne thing, they, you know, they give you the, the, the coffee to smell too. So you can smell it because you get so used to that smell that you don't even enjoy it anymore. Or how about a hot bath? You get in that hot bath and man, it just feels, it feels so good. But then after a few minutes, you don't even, you don't even recognize the, the temperature anymore. There's some things that we just take for granted. If the stars came out once a year, wouldn't you stay up all night watching the stars? If, think of this, if, a, if there was a sunset that only happened once a year, I bet everyone in your family would just sit out there and just amazed, be amazed at the, at the sunset. If you had taste buds that you could only, only taste buds that only worked one, one day a year, how much would you savor everything that went in your, in your mouth? Uh, you know, Bill Gates one time in 1997, Forbes magazine said he was the richest man in the history of the United States worth $35 billion. He was, uh, went to, a, had a, a speech before the uh, American Association of, uh, it was a, a medical, a medical thing. And there was a, a, after he gave the speech, a man came up to him, a doctor, and, and asked him this question on stage. 
He said, sir, if you were blind, would you give all your money to receive your sight back? And he said, absolutely. And think of this, the richest man in the history of the United States said he would give everything he had for something that sometimes we take for granted every day of our life. You know, there's, uh, David says, says this, uh, he gives a, a wonderful reminder to not forget any of God's blessings. This is Psalm 103. My whole being, pra- he's talking to himself, he's talking to his soul. My whole being, praise the Lord. My whole being, praise his holy name. My whole being, praise the Lord and do not forget all his kindness. There's one, one verse that says, forget none of his benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He saves my life from the grave and lo- leads me with love and mercy. He satisfies me with good things and makes, my, makes me young again like the eagle. And I love this. First, he commands his, his soul to, to, to praise God. And then he just starts going, God's done this for me and 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 this for me. And, uh, and, and uh, I wonder how many times we just need to pull a David thing and just go, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Soul, praise this one who's given me so much. And then just go and, and truly count your blessings. Uh, and another thing is sometimes that we focus on the wrong thing. You know, there's, uh, there's two birds that, that are both just enormous and they both soar, and that's eagles and vultures, but they live completely different lives and they focus on two completely different things. Vultures always focus on what? What's dead and what's stinky and what is rotten, right? And, and, and eagles, the exact opposite. They focus, they grab hold of that which is, uh, is alive and that which brings life. And in the same way, there's, there's, there really are uh, vulture people and eagle people, aren't there? Because you've seen them and I've seen them. Don't look at them right now. Don't look. But there's, you know, there are, there are, 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 there are people that always look for the bad. And there are people who always look for the good. There are people that I know and you know that they would be unhappy in heaven, right? I mean, because it's just like, man, that's, what a waste of gold for streets. Can you imagine that? And then there's other people that you and I have seen and they are happy even though we're living in a hellish condition. There are people who are, are gratefully humble, and there are people who are, 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 are hatefully grumble, right? I mean, you've got the complete difference in, in that. And sometimes, you know, in there, maybe if, we, if you'd take an honest look at yourself and see, you know what, there's been a vulture, a vulture personality right now. That's been what you, you've, you focus more on what is negative rather than what's positive. But we just need to repent of that. And something we need to realize is we all struggle with the, with the vulture thing from, you know, occasionally where something comes in, you just had that day and you're just blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we understand that. I mean, that's part of being, a, part of being human, but it's when we recognize that and just get out of that funk and just go, you know what, I'm being a vulture right now and I'm going to look for a, and I'm going to be an, an eagle. Uh, we all know, we all know Eeyore and we've seen Eeyore and Eeyore, uh, <laughs> and Eeyore, you think about it, doesn't do, it doesn't criticize that much. Isn't all that critical? He's just never satisfied. It's never quite enough. You know, it's like, yeah, I have this, but this isn't working out. Yeah, this is happening, but this isn't working out. And again, again, what's that one but that's keeping us from being uh, really content? What's the thing with right now? We're going, you know what? I do have this. Thank you, God, for what I do have. And I'm not going to focus on the, on the, the, the what I don't have. Uh, Eeyore's focus on the one thing or the couple things that don't work out isn't working out and they lose sight of the wonder, uh, uh, wonderful blessings they have. And Paul, listen to this, Paul is describing a lost world in Romans chapter 1. And this is what he says in verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Did you hear that? When we act, we, when we act our discontent, when we, are, when we do not show gratitude, 
we are acting the same as an unbeliever in the side of, uh, in the side of God. And, and a simple cure for scurvy is vitamin C, right? A simple cure for, for goiters is iodine. And a simple cure for discontentment is gratitude and just taking the, taking the time. And here's some things. Studies show that people that are grateful, listen to this, they live longer, they sleep better, they have better relationships, they have a higher self-esteem, they struggle less with envy, materialism, self-centeredness, they are more forgiving and more empathetic, they, have much, they are much more likely to have a positive outlook on, on life. I mean, think about that. Gratitude is beneficial to our mental and physical health, to our relationships, to our character, and to our happiness. Max Lucado put it like this. He said, if it came in a uh, pill form, we, it would be de- deemed a miracle cure. And another thing is just simplify our life and, and our desires. Think of the stress that, uh, that it comes from our quest for more. Think of what the pressure we put on ourselves. Think of the stress that comes in our life just in a quest for, uh, for more. And it seems like the more we pursue, uh, the more we get stressed out about even what we have. The more we own, the more we get stressed out. Here's what, uh, the more stuff means more maintenance, it means more energy, and more, it means more time, it means more resources. Here's what Ecclesiastes says this, the sleep of a laborer is sweet. Whether he or she sleeps little or much, but the abundance of a rich person permits them no sleep. There comes the point where enough is enough, right? There comes the point. I remember one time, and, and if you go over that amount, enough is, more than that is too much. It actually brings stress rather than it brings joy in our life. I remember one time, uh, I'm from Colorado, and I was going up in the mountains uh, when, during mating season for the elks, and, and they, they, they bugle, the guys bugle, and it's a beautiful thing just to listen to this, and I was in Rocky Mountain National Park, one of my favorite places on the, on the earth, and I'm hearing the, the elk bugle, and then we would go and try to find those elk, and sure enough, man, there was one elk, oh, this, this was the Mac Daddy, I mean, this guy was the, this guy was the, the, the man, right? He had 69 cows in his harem. This thing, whoo, I mean, he was incredible to look at. But he spent his entire time trying to keep the ladies in and the young bucks out, right? That's all he was doing. And he was miserable. He's just going around trying to do this. And then I heard another elk bugle, and I, we went to see that, and he had, one, he, had, he had eight elk in his harem. He had just eight. And he spent the whole time eating and loving, baby, eating and loving. That's all he did. And I'm like, it was just one of those times... God tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know what? More is not always better, right? I mean, more can sometimes be just a whole big a headache and everything as, as we, we do that. So I wonder if we can just be that elk that just, man, thank you, God, for what I have right now instead of doing it. And sometimes we get ourselves in a whole lot of misery. Here's what somebody, what, uh, again, Solomon says, the wisest man who ever lived said this in Ecclesiastes, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And, and other is remember the contentment isn't dependent on the external but on the internal. Uh, you know, youth, uh, every time I've taken a youth on, on mission trips, they've said this. We, I've heard them, somebody say this. Man, they have nothing and yet they're happy. And we have everything and yet we're miserable. And I thought, you know what that is? That's showing that it has nothing to do uh, with, with the stuff we have in our hands. It's all dependent on the stuff we have in our heart. There's a, uh, the, a Roper poll for Shearman, uh, Shearson Lehman uh, Brothers, and they asked this question, how much money would make you happy? Uh, yeah, how much would you have to make a year in, the, in order for you to be content with what you make? And it was really weird. The people who made $25,000 a year said, if I made $54,000, i would be content. 
the people that made 50000 said, if I made 94000 that was the average, I would be content. The people that made $100,000 said, I would be happy and content if I made a quarter million. The people, they went all the way up and they said, the people that made $2 million a year said that they would be happy if they made $5 million a year. Isn't that weird? I mean, $2 million a year that most of us are, uh, yeah, and still, it's not enough. And, and again, Ecclesiastes says, says this, whoever loves money never has enough money, and whoever ha- loves wealth is never satisfied with their, with their wisdom. So what do we do? Here's Paul gives us some great encouragement. Here's in Philippians. He said, I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is. Listen to that. I'm not there yet. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Whoa. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And maybe somebody's in here going, yeah, that's easy for Paul to say. He doesn't have what's on, what's on my plate. It was not easy for, for Paul to say. Where was Paul when he wrote this? He was in prison. He was in prison. I've been in that prison. I have, I have stood where, where Paul was and held the bar that Paul was chained to. It's this, he had to be lowered in to this almost cave, upside down cave, and it's dark, it's damp, it's dank, it's, it was, it was horrible. And yet he was able to say, from riding from that, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. He was able to say, he was able to, to, to write that he was content in every and all situa- situations. And this is where he wrote the book of Philippians, and the, which is called the book of joy. I mean, think of this. So the good news is contentment can be learned. He said, I have learned the secret to being content. So there is a way that we can learn to be content. And if we, if we go towards that. And then the, also we've quoted probably the, the last verse, verse 13, many times it says, that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is the context that's talking about. It's talking about that if you take it in this context, I can be content. And isn't that a great promise? We can learn to be content with what we have right now, with where we are. And again, doesn't mean we, we, don't, we don't strive for excellence. Doesn't mean we go and, and try to, you know, to, 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 you know, if we, to pursue something there. But it is a, here's the thing. Are we content and happy right now with, what, with the bouquet that God has, has given us? And if we could bow our head and close our eyes. There's a hymn, an old hymn, that says, Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. And maybe we just take this season, even maybe some moments now, and just sniff the bouquet that God has given us. Is there one thing that's, that's been eating you, that's saying, until when this happens, if only, and you're reaching out to get something that is making you, taking your mind and, and heart off what God has given you right now? Have you been pursuing what everybody else has or somebody else has and saying, until I have that, I'm not going to be truly satisfied? What would happen? If we just said, now, 
already here. Thank you for the blessings that you've given me, God. Have we been more like an eagle or more like a vulture? Have we been looking for the bad or we've been just praising God for the good in our life? God, you're a good, good father. And Lord Jesus, even when we're struggling in life, and I know there's many hearing my voice right now that are absolutely just struggling. Thank you that even then, you're good. Even then, you've given us enough to thank you for for the rest of our life. So God, help us to learn contentment. And Lord, help us to be like David and just say thank you, thank you, thank you. All that's in within me, thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And all God said, people said, amen.